I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome, everybody, to Flickr Effect, episode 291. It is Sunday, April 21st, Easter Sunday, as we record. I'm David Lotz. Joining me this episode is Bobby Jackson. Happy Easter, everybody. And Yasha Wilson. Hey, hey, everybody. Happy Easter. What's up, guys? Oh, man. We are, what, five days away, four days away from Endgame? Where are we at now? Yeah, it's four days. Night, four days. Within a week. Within a week. I guess. Under a week, I should say. Yeah, I'm seeing it on Thursday as well. And I gotta I gotta be honest. Um I, I don't know if the audience has heard or if you guys had heard. I'm sure I think we may have talked about it on our separate sort of uh text string, but some in game spoilers has been leaked. Uh apparently from what I understand, and I don't know this is all because uh, I don't know if anyone knows specifically, but apparently the, the from what the rumor says, the movie had been shown to a bunch of, I guess, rich people. <laughs> and someone may have recorded some of that stuff, and that's how the leak happened. It got online of some of the spoilers. Um, I don't know specifically what it is, but I think... A couple days ago, I I had an honest inkling to look for the spoilers. I was like, "What? Just yeah, I know." Why I mean, would you do that? I don't know because do I wanted to know. <laughs> it's like I was sitting here thinking of like when 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 the spoilers first hit. I was like, "No way! It's just it's too close. It's just way too close." And then the days kept going by and. Honestly, I've been on Twitter, and my Twitter feed has been clean. I, I haven't seen anything uh, pop up. And I didn't even put in anything to kind of filter out any in-game spoilers. It's just no one has said anything or filtered anything into my um, Twitter feed. And I don't typically look at too much other social media stuff. So I had been free of it, and I kept finding myself almost like I was – searching to see if someone would spoil something in there it was very weird behavior yeah and i'm not I just, i'm really not understanding it actually <laughs> no, i don't understand it i don't understand it it's just like i wanted to know because i'm just so tired of waiting for it i guess and uh ultimately i i did curb the uh the behavior or the the feeling to look and see what was uh out there but it was strong for like a uh, you know for a hot minute a couple of days ago. I was just like, "Do I really want to do that?" And I was like, "No, I don't, I don't." But it was like you know it seemed like it lasted an eternity, of which I wanted to look at the spoilers. But um, no, I, I'm I'm holding strong. And tomorrow the is the world premiere, and that's when the media gets to see it. 
And from what I understand, the social media embargo is lifted tomorrow as well. And the review embargo is on Tuesday. For somebody who legitimately covers their eyes when they go into a movie to not see anything else <laughs> and refuses to watch anything when it comes to uh, a trailer for a movie or anything like that, hearing that you actively searched out what the spoilers might be for this movie, for somebody like myself and David, who has been waiting, and maybe even longer, to see what the culmination of this 10-year buildup has been, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, I don't know well, how to respond to that. I, I have, like, I well, I have to pull it back a little. I didn't search it out. I was saying I was just looking through my Twitter feed and seeing if anything seeing was if there. Seeing if something was going to pop up. But but the question yeah. is, if it had, it sounds well, like then, you were almost like inclined to like really look at it as opposed to oh my god, there it is! I got to swipe away. Yeah, yeah, I was teetering on it. See, that's if, the if part I'm. Is. I'm. I can't say they don't have an explanation for it. I'm just telling you how I was feeling and what I was going through. I don't. I don't say there's a rational explanation for my behavior. It's just, it was just there in that back of my mind where I'm just like, come on, it's it's it, this is so tempting because it's out there. I just want to know a little something, not the whole thing, just like one spoiler, one thing, you know, just to <laughs> tide me over until I got my uh, fix, I guess, Weird. the real thing, but I don't know, yeah, I didn't do anything, I mean, so that was good. I'm, I'm not even looking at any any social media when it comes to it anymore, like if I see anything and it looks even remotely like a endgame spoiler or tidbit or you know, we heard or rumor or anything like that. I'm scrolling past that in a heartbeat and I don't want to know. I don't want to read it. I don't want to hear anything about it. Like it's going to be almost like to the point and just go social media or internet dark from now until I see the movie, which will be on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, ever since this whole thing dropped, I, I, as I learned more about it, just hearing that it was happening, obviously I haven't seen any spoilers. Um, I've started to pull back from social media, which is probably a good thing for me anyway. <laughs> but the thing, the, the thing is though, like the, like most of my social media use is scrolling through Instagram and none of the accounts I follow on Instagram. I just, I can't even fathom that any of those people would post something on Instagram. Yeah. And then same with Twitter, all the accounts I follow on Twitter, I can't imagine any of those people posting anything. I think where it would become dangerous is if you start looking at replies to tweets for people I follow and then, then you're looking at tweets from who, you know, anyway, and I had heard that indeed people had made gifs of, you know, it, images from that, those spoilers. So I'm like, I'm definitely not going to start looking at replies to tweets anymore. Not until after Endgame, because I'm like, I just, I can't, I can't see anything. <laughs> so I don't want to run. And same with Reddit. I scroll through Reddit here and there, but I don't follow any subreddits that I can imagine people would post anything though i am in the i was sent to the soul stone on reddit so i but it's same thing i can't imagine any of those people spoiling it so yeah i i haven't seen anything thank god and now we're only a few days away and i'll probably even more so pull back from social media for the rest of the week yeah i don't think at this point now i'm, I'm at the point where i'm back in my sane mind 
and I, I don't think I'll be uh, <laughs> looking for anything. I will, I, I will do what I normally do, which is look at the social media reactions. But beyond that, I won't look at anything, and I probably won't. Well, I never usually look at reviews, but I usually look at social media reactions. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about, I guess they're streaming the red carpet tomorrow night. I might watch some of that if I'm not doing anything else tomorrow night. But uh, Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I might try and check out a li- at least a little bit of that. Some of that gets long, but I might check out a little bit of it, of right. the red carpet. Just to see what they did, because they always do something up pretty special for it downtown in LA and we'll have some sort of setting that you know set piece or whatever that is really cool like I think for Solo they had like a mock Millennium Falcon thing built up downtown so it's always kind of cool to see what they do with the the premiere so I am kind of curious to see what they'll do for Endgame but that's about it true well we know that's coming but in the meantime, we did all watch some stuff, so uh, I'm kind of curious to hear. Well, I'm always curious to hear what David watches because <laughs> <laughs> anytime you don't watch something that you've already seen, it's it's sort of a bit of shock and awe. But um, I'm gonna go with Yasha first and see uh, what you've been watching this week. Well, I have been continuing with the. Um cloak and dagger series that we got a chance to see when we we're at WonderCon. still enjoy the series it's taking a little bit more to they have a pretty slow buildup and they had a pretty slow buildup last season when it came to the show so it's like i'm not too disappointed when it comes to that because it's such a slow buildup and has such a strong finish um, music plays a really really big part of this series and i find it almost as a like Music has a, is its own character when it comes to setting the tone and the mood for the series and each scene and what the characters may be going through. And honestly, I'm still still enjoying it. Like I said, just a little bit of a slower start but uh, than I was expecting, especially since they had such an amazingly strong finish, but still very much enjoying the show. I also got a chance to watch um, the, uh, the show, the movie The Dirt, the biopic for Motley Crue, a band that I kind of grew up with, not in the sense that I listened to a lot of their music. They just happened to be around when I was growing up. So I did know about Motley Crue since I am a child of the 80s and grew up, born into the 70s, but grew up in the 80s and 90s and know the, know the music and familiar a little bit with it. Um, learned a lot when it came to these characters. Um, really learned a whole lot but uh you know it was just a interesting interesting story to kind of get a better idea and a better grasp of what these guys were and what they meant to music and what they did and how kind of wild they were but it was uh it was interesting you know to get a chance to learn a little bit more about this group and you know their some of their histories when they grew up and it was uh i enjoyed it i mean the long story long Long story short, it's like I, I actually just enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. I think if you like a little bit of history, um, when I did a little fact-checking, they didn't change too much, and I kind of enjoyed that. I hate it when you read something and it's like completely, completely different, but they did a pretty good job, and probably because the main band members were really involved in it, and they really did leave the, lead the lives of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 
I heard the opening of that yeah, movie is a bit like, like, whoa, I haven't seen it, but is that true? Like basically like the scene it opens on is a bit like, oh, wow. Like that, that's what they're doing here. Kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that is, uh, <laughs> it kind of, you know what, but it's, it's weird. Like the, the, the opening scene is kind of like a shock factor, but at the same time right. it fits really true to the tone that they're trying to set for the movie as to like who these guys were. Um, like when you watch it, you're just like, oh man, this, this is nuts. This is, oh my God. And then it's just, you're like, and then it dives a little bit deeper into what, you know, they were when they were kids and how they kind of came about. And, you know, they explore Tommy Lee and Nikki Six and, you know, Vince Neal and all these characters, kind of how they came together. Um, they changed a little bit when it come to, came to how they met and how they uh, first started interacting. But yeah, the tone of the movie is really set in that first, you know, 30 to 45 seconds or minute or two of a film. You're watching and it's like, oh, this is the introduction that they're giving us for these characters. And it's a little over the top. But in all honesty, when you do some research on the characters and you do some research on the group and the band and stuff like that, it's like, yo, this is really uh, this is kind of how they really perform. This is how they really got down. It's crazy. It's one uh, I have on my list to watch. And it's it's interesting because this is sort of the time of the year that's. I look to in a way because all the shows I, ne- I normally watch start to wind down. We have our season finales. And so anything I'm behind on, I can binge and catch up and then get to other stuff that I haven't had a chance to watch. This is like the perfect time where I can start watching some of these Netflix movies and shows that have come out within the last, I'd say, two, three months that I haven't had a chance to watch because I've been at least trying to keep up on most of the stuff that I do normally watch so that I don't fall too too far behind and have too much to try and catch up on. And this was one I want to watch. And the other one I want to watch, um, I think it came out maybe a couple weeks ago called The Highwaymen with Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner. And they're like yeah. going after Bonnie and Clyde. I want to watch that yeah. one as well. So, Me too. yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to at least seeing the dirt because I've heard pretty good things about it. So I'm looking forward to checking it out as well. Uh, well, is that all you saw, Yasha, or did you have anything else? No, that's pretty much the, the extent of what I've, what I've gotten a chance to like really dive into. All right. Well, David, <laughs> uh, since normally... I, we go around the table, so to speak, and uh, there's not usually much coming from the area in which you speak, other than wow. I, I wow. well, other than I rewatched Game of Thrones or West Wing. I, I, I'm I'm on the fence in, as to whether or not um, you've watched anything brand new, but I will I will hazard it and say uh, which. Uh, well, I watched something new to me. Uh, I started watching, I, I'm, I think I'm fully through the first three episodes of, uh, Titans over on DC universe. Um, which, what, I think that dropped sometime in the like fall, didn't it? It's been out for like a handful of months. Yeah. Cause it debuted with the service, right? I thought. Yeah. I think when the service dropped, it was available. Yeah, I'm looking it up here. It, it uh, looks like it released in October. So, yeah, I think that's when the DC Universe dropped. 
And I've had DC Universe, but I hadn't watched this yet. And uh, I don't know what you guys have been hearing. I, I, I've heard that it's actually, oh, it's pretty good. Because I remember like from trailers and stuff being like, oh, wow, that doesn't, that doesn't look good at all to me. But I'd heard pretty good things, and I've been watching it. And I will say I've been pretty impressed overall. Uh, I will say that it's, it's still, it's, it's an interesting take on this kind of material. I don't know what I think about how basically R rated it is. (laughs) Like it's, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, in one sense as a grown adult, I'm fine with it, but I don't know. It's, I, I, I have a hard time, I guess, like with these characters and you would think that this would be the kind of thing that would appeal to a lot of younger viewers. And yeah, I mean, there's, it's pretty violent and there, there are F-bombs dropped throughout the episode, throughout the episodes. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's a TV show. It's not rated R, but it's, it basically feels almost like an R rated film. And and I, I don't know, I'm kind of back and forth on that. I just find it kind of weird, <laughs> like, and surprising. And But in one sense, I mean, it, it makes for good television. It's a, it's a pretty good show so far, but I've only seen the first three episodes. But uh, I don't know, you guys haven't seen it yet, right? Bobby, you haven't watched it? No, and um, I think uh, I had intended on watching it when it first came out, and I heard mixed reviews on it initially, and, but that didn't wasn't what kept me away is just the other backlog of stuff that I normally have. Right. That's one of those shows I would like to catch up on during the summer when a lot of the other shows I watch are gone. But I had always heard that it would have fit really well as sort of a, uh, an adjacent story aspect to the uh, Zack Snyder stuff because of how kind of violent and, uh, adult material type and and not necessarily like taking on a version of the comics. It felt more something like you could fit into that Zack Snyder universe. And um, that didn't bother me per se as an, as an idea as maybe it might for some that are teen Titan diehard fans or Titans fans. But um, I, I think I am, interested in it and from what i had also heard it takes about three episodes before it really started getting going um i don't know if that was your experience or if the first episode it hooked you right away but that's what i had heard essentially was that it takes about three episodes and then it kind of takes off hmm. well i'll be curious as i get into the fourth episode and past if that really feels like oh, okay now i'm really digging it but so far mm. I'm, I'm at least interested enough that i i still want to keep watching it and uh so far everyone in it is pretty good uh would i will say though of all the actors in it uh the most impressed so far i and i don't know if i'm getting her name correctly is it anna diop who played that's what i've heard she she's great in it i i've been really impressed with her so far in the show so she plays starfire yeah yeah sorry she plays starfire no worries yeah i've heard she's very good in it yeah she's great I mean, uh, but I'm actually also pretty impressed with, uh, um, was it Brenton Th- Thwaites? Thwaites, <laughs> His, yeah. Who plays Dick Grayson. Right. Um, he's pretty good, too. Mm, cool. So. He looked like he would be good, even just from the previews and stuff that I saw when I first started seeing him in the 
costume and just how he seemed as as Dick Grayson. I was like, yeah, okay, I, I buy it from at least what I'm seeing. So I'm kind of curious um, to see where they go with the second season. I've already seen casting stuff and uh, just some of the aspects of where it should go in general, just based off comics. So I am kind of curious uh, once that second season happens, seeing where, where they take things. Right. But obviously that's a summer thing for me, but I don't know if Yasha had, had a chance to watch any of it though. No, nope, uh, not, yet. not Yasha. Not yet. No. Well, and I will say uh, too that, but then there's, you know, there's a couple of characters that introduced in the second episode one who I didn't realize Mika Kelly is in this show. At first I was mm-hmm. like, is that, she looks really familiar. Is that? And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it's Mika Kelly. But playing uh, what her, her character is Dove. And mm-hmm. I forget the guy's character name. Hawk. Hawk. Um, but their costumes, especially hers, I will say, I'm just like, wow, this, this is borderline silly looking. <laughs> like, I don't know. Mm. These goggles things that she wears on her face, it's just, I don't know, it's, there. there's certain stuff like that that's hard to buy into. But overall, I've I've been enjoying the show, and like I said, it's it's interesting enough that I'm going to keep watching it. That's cool. Yeah, I, I, it is interesting that they went for a pretty comic book accurate look for Hawk and Dove, and that would be very hard to seemingly execute properly in a live action format and be able to see those characters interacting with some of the other characters who at least have maybe more muted costumes mm-hmm. or just don't look quite as um, weird to the eye. But yeah, I, I can definitely see how Hawk and Dove, we see them on, you know, it just almost seems like it's something not specifically to point this show out as a, as a bad thing, but it makes me think of something like the tick where it seems weird to see these guys in those costumes. Well, even though I was going like, to say, did you ever see that movie? What was it called? Mystery men? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. They felt like they're out of that film. Like as soon as, yeah, I, as I soon as I saw them on screen and I was like, I'm going to see where this goes. Cause why this, this doesn't seem like it fits so far. The aesthetic of everything I've seen mm-hmm. so far, which wasn't much. It only been one more episode, but still, I don't know. It felt weird. They seem weird. Yeah. I, I know they were toying around the idea of spin off with those two characters. I don't know if really? that's a real thing. Yeah, or if it's just you know, just that idea of it just because they were introduced early on. But mm. uh you know the series I'm actually curious to see pick up and start watching is Patrol because Doom I hear Patrol. well, yeah. I guess it depends yeah, I guess it depends on who you talk to, but it seems like that one is more critically liked. Really? Then okay. uh, Titans. And yet, uh, I think from the general public, maybe more people like Titans. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if uh, you can get a chance to watch that and compare the two. But I'm hearing good things about that one as well. Hmm. Actually, uh, while we're on that front, there was some news earlier this past week about Swamp Thing. They released a like a one minute trailer, I guess it was a teaser right. and it doesn't really show much other than showing Swamp Thing, which kudos to them. They, he actually looks like Swamp Thing from the comics. So they did a really good job with that. But uh, there was apparently some news that had leaked out, I guess that they were shutting down production early on the show. 
I think it was going from 13 episodes to 10 and they were having the writers rewrite the ending so that it can end early. And there was no specific uh, citing as to why other than, I guess, maybe the, the, the production budget of what they were thinking the show is, is should be or, or they were trying to look at the, the initial aspect of DC Universe in and of itself. So it's kind of curious that they would do that for that show. From what I hear, they built a whole thing out in, uh, I want to either say Atlanta or New Orleans for that whole area. So they were intending on using it for a second season and on and so on and so forth. But if they're already stopping 10 episodes in, it's, it's kind of troubling. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious even more so now about that show than I already was, which was pretty interested that in fact, that was probably the show of, of the live action ones anyway that really kind of made me want to see what the what they were going to do with it yeah i thought i had heard it was shooting in the carolinas i don't know why i thought i heard that okay but Could uh be. yeah dropping suddenly from 13 to 10 yeah it doesn't sound great <laughs> but no i guess we'll see yeah well i actually did watch some stuff this week and uh, one of the things I watched was something that actually Michelle had watched a couple weeks ago while we were all at WonderCon, or three weeks ago, I guess maybe at this point, which was um, Dumbo. And Michelle, if I remember correctly, but I can't remember in terms of her ranking of the live action Disney stuff so far where she kind of put it. I don't think yeah I don't think maybe I asked and she wasn't sure or I don't know if she she said but she definitely seemed impressed with it yeah I I, I think I'm gonna echo her thoughts honestly um I kind of went into it with very little expectations just because it seems like it's it hasn't disappeared off the radar because it seems like it's making some decent money but it's just not a lot of buzz behind it. Not a lot of people talking about it. No, yeah. And so I went into it just kind of like, okay, well, let's see what it is. I'm familiar enough with the the animated version of it. I've seen it at least once, and um, but not enough to remember the specific beats of it. So going into this, uh, I think what I, I really liked about this movie was the fact that Tim Burton directing it really gives it his Tim Burton style to it, but not overly so. It still felt like it's its own thing. But when there's aspects of what you would kind of expect, Tim Burton would put his spin on it, which would be the circus itself. You get that. And I think it works. And I like the the score that was in it. It seemed very much... Uh, whimsical and there's these times when you see Joe flying and it happens I don't know maybe three or four times in the movie where it's built up to where he's gonna fly and it works every time to me where you see him and and there's that build up and there's the music swell and and then he takes off and it's like it's almost like you're seeing it for the first time each time they do it they do such a good job with the effects. And I think sometimes that gets lost because we have so many different things that we are so used to seeing special effects that you kind of get numb to it. But I felt like they did such a really good job with 
the character of Dumbo to where you're watching the character and and there's a lot of acting going on from Dumbo just within his eyes and, and the, the, the features that they give him. And it's not cartoony in any way. It just looks genuine. And I, I felt like they conveyed a lot of emotion through the look of Dumbo and, and everything that he was doing. And his interaction also with the, the, the kids that he, were, he was with. And I was watching the movie and the young girl, I don't know if Michelle had mentioned this last week, but I'm sitting here watching it, and the actress' name is uh, Nico Parker. And uh, I'm like, she looks familiar. Like, I've seen her somewhere before. And halfway through the movie, it hit me, and I was like, she looks like Thandie Newton. And then I come to see that it's actually Thandie Newton's daughter, Tan- or Tandy Newton, I think it's really pronounced. But I was like, wow, because she looks like she could be a young Tandy Newton. And... um and she's she was impressive in terms of her acting and and being this sort of young girl who's uh parting and find that spark kind of back into her life because of everything that's happened to her and I just felt like the movie did a good job in terms of making it feel like a feel like a Disney movie. It really did feel like something that was this movie that was fun for the whole family kind of thing and even once the movie ended, the audience I was at or with was clapping. And so I think everyone enjoyed it. It was just such a um, a fun-spirited movie where there's some characters that are, I don't know, maybe two-dimensional. But it just kind of fit, fit naturally within the, the storytelling. And there wasn't any kind of like um, – there wasn't any kind of like – stuff in there that I felt like was just super ridiculous. Everything kind of felt natural to what it was should be, at least in my eyes of the movie. And I started to think about the whole idea of these Disney movies that have been animation turned into live action. And one of the things that, that kind of hit me, I think a lot of people who watch these Disney live action movies must feel about them the same way that in the beginning, and maybe to some degree to this day still, a lot of comic book fans felt about comic book movies in that there's this source material that is very precious to the people who grew up reading it. And so once you see it translated into a different medium, you're wondering how true are they going to keep it to that source material and what are they going to try and change and, and, and how that will affect anything. And I think that's what must happen a lot of times with the live action Disney movies is that people are have this uh, source material that they hold in high regard and so it's like does this work for them in this new medium and sometimes I think we're finding out that yes it does and other times it doesn't and one of the bigger ones I think that I see on the horizon is the Lion King and it's 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 a weird sort of um, balance that it seems like everyone's trying to find with how true should you make it and how much should you venture from it? Because there seems to be people that are mad that it looks like it's shot for shot. But then I see on the other opposite side of that, people who are like, I want it to be uh, 
you know, different. So, but it's like, well, I don't know which one wins out in that. Like, do you want it to them to do something wholly different than what we had? So then, then do you still kind of call it the Lion King or is it just something of a remake ish kind of thing? Or do you want it to be shot for shot just because it's in a different medium? So you haven't seen it in this medium. And for people who haven't, who didn't grow up with it, it could be a shot for shot remake, but they wouldn't know any different because they'd never watched the animation. And that kind of brings me back around to you, David, because I know that you had had some thoughts on the whole Lion King thing from uh, a comment that you made on Twitter. So uh, I'll let you uh, explain that to everyone. Uh, Yeah. Well, I guess to what you were just saying, I mean, I, I can quickly say I especially i guess in the situation of the lion king i don't personally see a point in making a shot for shot remake like to me it's an opportunity if you're going to remake it and you are going to remake it it i still have a hard time calling it the live action version since it's not (laughs) i mean it's it's the realistically animated version if you will right i mean yeah uh to me if you're going to do that that's that gives you the opportunity to, yeah, you're still telling the same story, but maybe add some things to it or make some changes. I mean, like Beauty and the Beast, which is funny that we're talking about this because actually hanging out this morning, Easter Sunday, like, I don't know, the kids are looking for something to watch. And we actually threw on the live action Beauty and the Beast this morning. And I actually watched a decent amount of it. I had seen it, I think, once since I saw it in the theater, but... Um, yeah, so actually, you know, I have that fresh in my mind as of this morning and, you know, I like that that movie, as much as I loved Beauty and the Beast, the animated film, you know, I, I, I'm cool with the fact that I like the fact that, you know, the opening is a little different. They make changes here and there to certain scenes. And if you're going to remake the Lion King to me, I, I would think you would probably do the same thing and if indeed this movie turns out to be just a straight up shot for shot remake which i mean has that been said that that's definitely the case no but that's been the assumption based on the two trailers trailers we've gotten that look like it's essentially shot for shot but i think i read something maybe towards the tail end of the end of um, star wars celebration or slightly after star wars celebration that John Favreau had been interviewed and he specifically said, this is not a shot for shot remake. of yeah, I was going to say, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if indeed we see this movie and it's shot for shot. I mean, yeah, I get that in the trailers that we've seen it, the shots are pretty dead on from the, the animated film, but I don't know. I'd still find that surprising. So that's good to hear if he's indeed saying that. Um, I know my concern with this movie so far based on the trailers and I don't know. I mean, Based on reaction I've been seeing, I get the impression I'm more in the minority here. It seems like everyone's pretty excited about this, at least people who love Lion King. Um, but I don't know, like in, in this in this situation of having computer animated animals and you are m- making them look now like, yeah, like real animals, like a real lion and a real mm-hmm. all, all these animals. But yet they're still talking but in this case, they don't, they're not ex- showing that to me, that emotional ex- expression that the animated animals do, you know, 
it's one thing when you remake an animated film that involves humans like Beauty and the Beast, other than the Beast, of course, but, uh, you know, and they're still human and humans, you know, we, we can express emotion, but we normally talk. Animals don't talk, but, <laughs> you know, in an animated film, it works like they, in, in animation, they, they express emotion in a way that we can buy into. But in this case, it's like, well, we're trying to make them look realistic. But at the same mm-hmm. time, they're still going to talk and sing. And and I, I, I just, I don't think it's going to work for me. Like, I think there's going to be an emotional aspect that's going to be missing from the way they look. Just because they look real now. I don't, I'm not feeling it. And I'm not excited about it. <laughs> But uh, I, I hope to be impressed. I like John Favreau a lot. I've been, you know, I've enjoyed all of his work so far. So I mean, I, that's just my impression based on the trailers I've seen. I'm, I don't, I don't know that I'm too excited about the movie. Do you get what I'm saying? Is that making sense? It, it makes sense, and I, I do get what you're saying. And I think there's probably a decent amount of people out there that feel that way that have some level of disconnect. But then I think. I look at the other part of it too, where from my frame of reference, where I, I like, I didn't see it until late. I was already an adult by the time it came out. And then even then I didn't see it when it first came out. So it was kind of like, for me, um, I see, I watched it through different eyes and I haven't watched, watched it multiple, multiple times. I've seen it maybe, I don't know, from start to finish twice, maybe. And so I don't have the same sort of images in my head of what the animals were, how they emoted and how they looked in that animation. So I think for me, when I look at the movie version, I'm just seeing the, the mechanics of it right now, just because of how it looks and how it's been translated and how well that, that that um that i guess that effect of making things look super realistic is and and more in awe of that and waiting to see it in its entirety before i can say whether or not it was emotionally uh done in a way that was satisfying and not necessarily in comparison to the animation just because i, I don't have it as as dear to my heart in that sense I mean, I do remember liking it and, and I do, you do it, you do get a certain amount of emotion from it, especially when certain things happen, but it's just a matter of, I'm waiting to see if that all, it comes together in the same package once you see the the movie as a whole. And just for now, I'm just in awe and amazement of how well it looks on a visual level. And I, and I agree with that. I mean, it looks amazing. It's just... Again, the the shots in the trailer, the animals just they they can't they don't there's a certain limit to their expression because they're trying to make them look real. I don't know. Right. That that's my yeah. problem so far that the animated film obviously doesn't have that problem in in animation they really can do whatever they want, but here it's like, well, we want them to look real, but it just it feels like when they're even talking and everything in the trailer, it, it feels like there's something missing. Then that, Do they talk in the trailer? I don't recall, honestly. Maybe they. I know there was voiceover, I but I don't recall, recall anyone actually, actually actually speaking. 
I thought. Yeah, I don't recall ever actually seeing the animals talk in any of the trailers. I feel like they're saving that just before one of the big, like their final trailer, or you know, once the movie comes out and people have gotten a chance to see it, then we might see it um, type of thing. But I haven't seen any talking in the trailer, just voiceover. Yeah, like Scar is talking, and then also uh, Mufasa. Angel Jones. Yeah. yeah, but like I don't see them their voices moving as they were actually speaking dialogue. It just seemed like voiceover. I mean, I could be wrong. I could have missed something, but I don't recall that. Hmm. But yeah, I, I think it, I don't know. Yes. You actually didn't weigh in on, on the, what your thoughts of Lion King are so far. You know, I'm looking forward to the film, but I'm not necessarily, I guess you could say hyped, if that makes sense. Like I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see it. Um, if it's a shot for shot, like I, I, I don't, I don't understand why the, the, we need to do it. I mean, well, I do understand. They're just, I honestly think it's just an easy way for them to make more money off of the same product without actually having to do anything, and it just relaunches everything that it comes to, like their their merchandise. Because Lion King merchandise is going to be really hot when they do the Little Mermaid. It's going to be really hot. I don't know how the Dumbo merchandise has been or if that's been something that's kind of taken off and started to resurface since they've done their re the relaunching of this movie i don't necessarily feel the need for another one of these movies and it's or or a need for the movie i'm looking forward to it but i'm not super amped like oh i can't wait to go watch this because we've already proven that we can make animals talk we did it in babe what was that 20 years ago when babe came out maybe give or take and that's when everybody started to jump on their wagon of like, let's make animals talk when it comes to this type of thing. And, you know, I'm, I mean, it's, yeah, it was 20 years ago. Babe came out in 1995 and we got a chance to see animals talk then. So I'm, I mean, I'm interested and I guess you could say I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing some of the work, some of the actors that are in this movie do. Um, like Donald Glover, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what he does, if they do anything different. Billy Eichner, which is one of my favorites now, and Seth Rogen, I think they'll be a lot of fun to listen to. But aside from that, I'm not necessarily super amped to see it. I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing it. I'm just ready to, you know, I'll watch it. Yeah, it's like, okay, I can sit through that movie. I think what I look forward to in these movies and seeing these Disney movies turn live action is the same way I think a lot of people who look forward to the superhero movies like the mcu movies and stuff just because mm -hmm. to me it's like they didn't grow up reading the comics or watching the cartoons or anything else and so they're getting their exposure of these characters for the first time and and in a way to them that matters in movie form because mm -hmm. they're not going to go back and read these comics or cartoons no matter how good you tell them they are they're just right. interested in this medium and I think that's kind of how these Disney movies are for me. It's like I haven't seen some of these animated movies and I'm getting them for the first time in this live action form, which something that works for me. So it's 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 one of those things where I don't have the the animated version of these films in my head as a solid way of going Reference. back and having to remember. So it's for me a lot of times seeing it the first time is seeing it in this live action form and not that that's the way it is with lion king but there's definitely going to be some that come up that i will feel that way about though that surprises me bobby that you haven't seen some of these movies especially like the lion king i mean yeah it did come no out i have seen that one yeah oh, i know but there's it's like someone i've seen one. it's just 
yeah, it's just not. I, I just I feel like I was aged out of it, and it's not like I had a kid at the time to where I was taking him yeah. to see these movies. So it was like, yeah. what am I? It's like how you would say, Yasha, is like a lot of times when there's movies out, uh, you're a grown ass man going into a movie theater with a bunch of kids watching some yeah. of these. Uh, you know, it's like, well, when other what other time would I've seen them really? So yeah. I just didn't have well, a chance. I, I guess my excuse at the time for some of these movies is like I had a little sister exactly. who was ten and twelve wanting to go see these movies so i just kind of that was me taking her to the movies and that's one of the reasons why i saw that and or being around when she would watch these movies at nauseum i'm sure you can relate to that david when it comes to little kids wanting to just watch the movie over and over and over and over again man if, um, if it were up to my daughter we would watch ralph breaks the internet right now every day <laughs> like really <laughs> just, and, uh, and, and i wasn't even oh. a huge fan of that movie so i'm like oh god can we please no like that's why this morning i was like i started to go in the apple tv app you know for my movies i'm like beauty and the beast the live action one we haven't watched that in a while let's throw that on mm. I'm like i could nice. do that anyway <laughs> yeah no so, i know exactly what you mean so but yeah that's kind of where i mean i guess i kind of snuck into the fact of being able to see some of these movies that you know when i was growing up or at, you know as a little kid and stuff like that i mean that's just what it comes down to is you know being able to have access to them and, and see them per se yeah i guess i'm just interested too where what people want really with these live action movies just because i saw uh, someone that was watching on youtube didn't like dumbo because they felt like the story felt like it was the Dumbo story, but then it was like a sequel to Dumbo at the same time because it took it, it took it further than I guess the animated movie ever took it and did other things. And so I guess they were running just more of a pure version of just the Dumbo story being told. And then there's people who are upset with, and not just because they think it it looks a certain sort of way as being bad or anything, but there's some certain people out there that are upset with the Aladdin movie because it doesn't look like, or they were scared that it won't follow the, the original form. So it's like, well, if we try and do something different, it's, it's a delicate tightrope. I, I, I must admit just because it seems like, are you trying to stay faithful? But if you stay too faithful, people will just be like, like you said, Yasha, well, why are we doing this? But then if you kind mm-hmm. of change things, then people are like, well, that's not how it was. And <laughs> so it's like, I, I, I don't envy them doing it. I mean, it's obviously them taking on that own risk of, uh, you know, for their own value and trying to make something and merchandise it or whatever to do these live action things. But, yeah, it's definitely a, a tightrope. But uh, there was one other thing that I did watch this weekend, actually, and. It was something, Yasha, you watched last week, which is Hellboy. And I... (laughs) (laughs) That looks on Yasha's face. Yeah, I saw saw that. I was so excited. I was like, what? You you bothered seeing that? (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so surprised. He's like, I warned you, but I don't understand. I told you. Don't bother. Yeah. So, um, I got to say, honestly, I think I have the exact... Opposite reaction, Yasha had. To <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you could see his face right now, this is awesome. <laughs> um, Are you no. serious? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I am. I'm surprised because 
to me, what it, what what I got from the movie is it was kind of going for this. It, it was walking a tightrope itself to me. It felt like it was trying to be campy at times, but not too campy. It was trying to be realistic in a sense. And I honestly can tell you, I don't know much about Hellboy from the comics. I can't tell you. I've never read a single issue of Hellboy, so I can't tell you how he is in the comics. And real hot take, I'm not altogether that big a fan of the Del Toro version of Hellboy. So I'd never have this sort of um, real specific take on who Hellboy is supposed to be and what his universe is supposed to be like or, or, or whatever. I've only ever saw Del Toro's Hellboy, I want to say, maybe just the one time in the theater. And I thought it was fine, but I didn't take anything more from it than just seeing it and, and thinking, okay, that was cool. But not to the point where I was so enthusiastic and, and hyped up on the sequel because to this day I still have not seen that sequel. So I don't have a specific way Hellboy should be in my mind. So when this new version came around, I kind of looked forward to it in the sense of like, oh, well, maybe this will be something that I feel more um, attracted to in, in some way and can and, and feel a little bit better about it. And the thing that I, I, I can tell you that what made me like this movie was the level of just, it just seems like they didn't care about anything in a sense where there's a lot of yeah. including story, principal photography, sound <laughs> editing. Yeah. They didn't give a shit about any of that. <laughs> See, I, I, liked, I actually liked the, the photography, the cinematography in it, because I, I liked the way that, the the camera would move with the action it was like one person is fighting and if they're all fighting it's the camera would swerve from one person fighting to the next person fighting and switch perspectives and, and do different flips and stuff i thought it was well shot with the action and with the 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 story element the story was whatever i mean i i get what they were going for with the story but again i don't know how much that adheres to the comic or not it seems pretty far out there but what I what I did like is David Harbour as Hellboy. I thought he was pretty pretty comfortable in that role to where I don't remember thinking in terms of like like okay, I miss Ron Perlman. I just thought like okay, this is a different person playing Hellboy and, and it seems fine to me. And I think I liked the the different types of uh things they were going for with the gore. Because it was, it, it definitely deserved an R rating between the gore and the language and stuff. But it just felt like a B movie to me, but in a good way. And that a way that could be like a cult classic to where you would watch it. Because I watched it through and I saw the two post credit scenes and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I would see a sequel if they made another one of these. I doubt they will because of how poorly it's done. But I, I left the theater thinking like, Okay, I, I think I understand Hellboy a little bit more, and I wouldn't mind seeing more of this kind of movie in this vein. But uh, I mean, I, I'm not gonna say that I think anyone that didn't like it is wrong because I can definitely see why they wouldn't. It seems like it's very uh, divisive and splits people 
in one way or the other. And either you buy into it or you don't. And I think I was buying into it. I like Mila Jovovich. She was just uh, chewing up scenery. You know, she was very over the top ish, but it felt like that was what they wanted her to do. And it felt in line with what they were going for. So it all kind of just worked on the level. I thought that they were going for to me and the creature designs of some of the stuff that was, uh, pretty gross and weird looking i thought worked really well and just overall i don't know i just kind of had i had fun with it i mean i didn't come out of it puffing my fist in the air but i did think of it as like (laughs) okay well if they make another one i'd watch it wow all right well (laughs) i mean to each his own i mean it's very rare that i think we have so such polar opposites of opinion when it comes to a movie but um, yeah. I stand by what I said. I thought the movie was convoluted, over the top, and ridiculous. And it wasn't necessarily... It's not because I know like a whole shit ton of stuff from Hellboy or have actually ever really read a comic, but I just found I gravitated more towards the Guillermo del Toro one and Ron Perlman. And David Harbour did a fine job as Hellboy, but I felt the storyline was just over the top and absolutely ridiculous and stupid. And I think I shared or sent an email out to you guys. I don't know if you got it, David, but it's like Mila Jovovich mm-hmm. just went online and said that she, you know, this is going to be a cult classic. And like I said, there are two types of cult classics. And one of them is they celebrate the movie for being as bad as it is. Um, and then it finds great success. And it's just a, well, it's an overall good movie and people just kind of like absorb it and just make it a hit. And then there's the type that, it's just bad and people celebrate how absolutely bad the movie is and it doesn't necessarily create any type of real success for the film. And I think that this is what this movie is. I mean, it has a huge drop off from last week to this week and they're getting just absolutely decimated in the theater and it's not going to get any better next week. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's bad overall. Like I, I would, I would genuinely be surprised if they did a sequel or even trying to start like a, a GoFundMe for a sequel. Like, I just don't think that they're even going to come close to being able to do anything again with Hellboy. Mm-mm. Yeah, I can't see it. But I didn't, I don't know, in last week when Yasha talked about it, or even this week, David, you kind of hadn't really said much about your thoughts on Hellboy as a property and uh, the, the Del Toro movies in general. Like, where do you kind of stand on it? You know, it's funny you ask because listening to your opinion, I already said last time after Yasha said what he said, I was like, man, you hate it so much. Now I'm, it's one of those situations where I'm, I'm curious to watch it to see if I indeed hate it as much as you do. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then now hearing what you have to say, Bobby, I'm interested even more, I think, because in a lot of ways, when it comes to Hellboy as a property, I fall more in line with how you approach it, Bobby. Like, I saw the the first I actually I did I think I did see both films and I remember seeing the first one in the theater and being like yeah that that's fine it just I mean the it was one of those things where I I love the the characters and like the creature design and everything yeah but other than that as a story goes like I wasn't like blown away by it or I mean I don't think anybody was really blown away by it but I I thought it was just okay and I've never really cared much for it since then i like you bobby i don't i think maybe i saw it a second time once maybe on video but 
Mm-hmm. I may have only seen it the one time. I did see the sequel and was kind of like, eh. So I don't know. I haven't loved it. And for me, I don't, I, I kind of feel like most people felt the same way. And I feel like when this Hellboy movie came out, a lot of that talk when everyone has been re- revisiting like the, you know, the, the del Toro Hellboy films, it's been like, Oh yeah, they were so great. And I'm like, were they though? Like, I, I feel <laughs> like most people didn't think they were all that great. <laughs> like, and I feel well, like it's one of those things in hindsight, it's like they've been romanticized a bit almost. And I'm like, I mean, I love Guillermo del Toro. Let's be clear. <laughs> but I, I think yeah, he's a ridiculously talented filmmaker. And with that said, I feel like he's also had some misses like Crimson Peak and such. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I will be approaching this film when I finally do see it, I think, from the same point of view as you, Bobby, that I'm I'm curious. And I've been curious about it because, indeed, oh, like I didn't love those Tale Toro films. So I'm like, oh, maybe this will be a take I'll be more interested in. But then the reaction has been so negative that I've been like, oh, well, I guess not. I mean, let's be clear, too, that the first one wasn't necessarily this huge commercial success either. Um, no, I mean, I think I mean, I, I, I watched it. I, I just think that the first one actually had a better storyline and a better addressing of what was going on than this. This one just seemed like every other scene was a flashback to try and explain what was going on. That's, and it that's just fair. kind of what's that? I said that's fair. That, that's yeah. not wrong in that. There's yeah, a, it's just no. it, but I did how, like. That's oh, kind of how I felt about it. But it's like, I mean, the first movie, I mean, I think they barely edged out a sequel. Like, the production for the first one was $66 million, and it only made $59 million domestically. And then 39 in the foreign market. So it barely covered what it made. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was this huge success or just like this powerhouse of a movie. And it's like, oh, man, they're revamping this franchise. I can't wait to watch it again. It was more so along the lines of like, oh, okay, well, they're making this movie? Cool. I'll, I can check it out. Like... Oh, and it's rated R too, so it's like it looks like he's going to be even more of a smartass and have a really foul mouth. And yeah, all right, I'll, I'll go in and watch it. And I did, and I just ended up being disappointed. Yeah, I, I will definitely agree. There's flashbacks, but I, when I thought about it as they were happening, I was like, well, they're doing the at least they're showing it and not telling it because there's nothing worse than having some big exposition dump in the middle of the movie where someone's just talking about stuff and at least they were actually flashing back to showing different things and you're getting to see it rather than them just talking about it but um there is a decent amount of that going on in the movie and i think it's because there is a lot in there going on but yeah, uh, as you said, Hellboy is not doing well, and it probably will be a very long time before we see something else for that. In fact, I don't know if they could do it, but it, it seems to me in this day and age that it would work better as a live-action series on some network or a streaming service, really, to be right. honest. That, that I can see. That I yeah. can see, and that I can see it succeeding. Like, I can see if they did something starting with a smaller budget, basically putting all their production into his costume to make him yep. look real and then gravitating towards making the storyline that much better. And then if that succeeded the second season, doing that much more and adding some more special effects and making the characters a little bit more interesting and having some more supernatural um, bad guys come and go. But I can see it succeeding on like an Amazon or a Netflix yep. or even a Hulu or something to that effect. Starting as maybe like a, just an eight, eight point series or something like yeah. that, you know, just yeah, something sure. modest to see if it actually picks up steam of, you know, these cult followers that 
Mila Jovovich says that they're going to have, like, <laughs> okay, well, let's, you know, let's, you know, let's give them a chance to, like, support it. Like, you know, and get those people out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's all I got for this week that I've seen. I think we've all talked about everything. And uh, throw it back to you, David. Yeah. Uh, at this point, guys, when we talk again, we will have seen Endgame. It's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. Uh, uh, I honestly, I can't tell you how many times I've been just this week. Uh, <laughs> it sounds weird to say it, but I'm like, let me do everything as safely as possible because I don't want to die before the game comes out. I really don't want Don't want to be in the hospital. Just got to get this far. Yeah, no, I get this. <laughs> but we're almost there. We're almost there. We are it's almost the, there for sure. Let's make this the fastest week possible, gentlemen. And, and, uh, and Michelle, I'm sure she'll listen later, but let's make this the very the fastest week possible and get to it and get there safely and enjoy the shit out of this movie. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, with that said, we're going to wrap things up. I'm going to go watch episode two of Game of Thrones. It airs in about 30 minutes. And yep. uh, as always, we'd love to hear back from everyone listening. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram at flicker underscore effects. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash flicker effect. Uh, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. And I'm Yasha Wilson. Thanks for listening. Thank you.